Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Welcome to the Honest Art Podcast. I'm your host, Jody King. As an artist for 20 years, instructor, speaker, author, and fellow rebel, I've worked with thousands of people around the world, from beginners to established artists, helping them create their strongest art and build a career doing what they love. So if you are ready to have a little fun while you learn about art, creativity, building a thriving art business, and living a bold, audacious life, you are in the right place. Also, if you're considering going pro in your art business, grab the PDF in the show notes on the five things they don't teach you in art school. All right, let's get messy. I love talking about this stuff because I've seen how learning about composition has helped so many artists truly take their art from meh to amazing. But before I get started... I want to offer one caveat, and the caveat is that no one can tell you what style to paint in. Your style is your style. So y'all know how I feel about rules, right? I'm not a fan. So as I go through (laughs) these tips for you, just remember that these are ideas And they're more of suggestions, okay? They're important suggestions. They really are, but they're suggestions. They're not doctrines. But having said that, great composition is one of the four key elements that make great art great art. I like to think of these four elements as legs on a table. And you may have heard me say this before, but when one of those legs of that table is not stable, the entire table is wonky. It's just off. And if you've ever gone to a restaurant and the table wasn't quite level, you know, it is such a pain, right? It's just totally off. So we really do need to understand composition so that our table and our art isn't wonky. Also, this is one of those episodes that you may want to go ahead and download and save in order to reference again. Okay. Are y'all ready? Let's get messy. Great composition in visual art refers to the arrangement and organization of the visual elements within our work. So it's not about mixing the right colors or values. It's more about how and where we place things on the canvas. So why does this matter? When do we actually need to focus on it? And what are the key concepts that we should know? So first of all, why does this matter? When there's a piece of art with great composition, it matters because it makes the viewer want to stay and engage with that art. When the visual elements within a painting are rocking it, the eyes of the viewer 
are brought around the painting. We want to linger and explore and connect to the painting instead of, you know, scrolling past or just walking away from it. So then the other question is, when do we need to focus on composition? And that, it depends on what you're painting. If you're creating an abstract landscape, for instance, you'll want to focus on this while you're in the beginning phase of the, you know, the drawing. If you're doing any sort of representational work, really, like animals, um, maybe a still life of some flowers, um, a barn, boats in a harbor, really anything representational, you'll want to keep um, composition top of mind during the initial phase of creating the piece. But if you're painting an abstract expressionism, which as you know, I do quite a lot, you absolutely do not want to focus on composition at the beginning because that would cause you to be too distracted and too attached to the outcome too soon in the process. So for abstract expressionism, we want to feel as free, um, as uninhibited as possible so that it truly is an honest expression. So staying fully in that creative right side of our brain for as long as possible without editing keeps it fun and expressive, but there does come a point in the painting where we do need to step back. Usually it's when it gets into the fugly stage and we need to pop on over to that left side of our brain and consider how implementing good composition techniques can get you unstuck. All right, so now that we know that, let's talk about the key elements of great composition. Okay, number one, don't split the canvas in half. You don't want to be dividing the canvas in half either horizontally, vertically, or diagonally. So let's say you're painting a landscape. Within that landscape, there's a land element or maybe an ocean there's trees or mountains or a valley, right? So there's, there's that element. I'm going to call it the land element. And then there's the sky element. Uh, that sky element, maybe like it's a sunset or it's a blue sky, something like that. What you don't want to do is you don't want the spot where those two elements come together, meaning like the sky and the water or land, you don't want to divide the painting in half with those two. In other words, if let's just say it's like a 20 by 20 painting, you don't want where the land and sky to meet to be at the 10 inch mark. That would split the painting in half. Likewise, if you're painting an abstract piece, you wouldn't want a lot of the, like the action or the energy or the brush strokes or most of the color to be completely or even mostly on one side of the painting horizontally, vertically, or diagonally, and then have the other half of the painting with not much going on because that also would split the painting in half. I've also seen with abstract pieces where an artist will uh, work one side of the painting 
and then go to the other side of the painting, but we'll leave a large area uh, relatively untouched in the middle, and that too will split the canvas in half. It's like there's two different paintings going on, right? There's the painting on the left or the painting on the right, or maybe the painting at the top and the painting at the bottom with not a lot going on in the middle. So in that case, to rectify that, you would need something to bring both of those sides of the canvas together. Uh, you know, and that could be a lot of different things, either more paint, some mark making, some lines, some, you know, making bigger areas of color, something like that. So you don't want to split the painting in half. Okay, the second compositional element is something that I like to call opposites attract. To me, that's the easiest way to remember it. Um, I've, you may have also heard me call it the dance of the opposites because I think dancing is always fun, but whatever, opposites are attracting. Okay, now these first three are, are about color. They're not quite as much about composition, but they're worth mentioning, so I'm just going to go ahead and say it. So the opposites that are attracting here are dark versus light values. Okay, so within a painting, you want to have some darker values and some lighter values. Uh, also, opposites that attract are going to be fully saturated color and then unsaturated color. So what that might seem like would be like some, you know, colors that are a little bit brighter and then maybe more, they're a little more muted, right? So that can really elevate um, really elevate a painting. So saturated color versus unsaturated. And then the next one is cool versus warm colors. You know, if you just look at two sides of the color wheel, some one side is cool and one side is warm. And when you incorporate two of those within a painting, you know, warm and cool within a painting, those are the opposites, then those could really add to the painting. So then these other ones um, about, you know, the dance of the opposites, um, you can achieve um, really by changing your tools, but um, those are thick versus thin lines. So, you know, thick lines can be done with bigger brushes uh, and thin lines with small brushes, pens, pencils, markers, pastels, stuff like that. So again, opposites of track, look at your painting. Does it have thick and thin lines? And then hard edges versus soft edges. You can create hard edges um, by using a brayer or, I mean, you can do it with a paintbrush too, for sure. But these are just some, you know, you can do it with all kinds of things. I'm not telling you only use these things, but these things help just for some ideas. So uh, you could use a brayer, you could use a palette knife, something like that. And then some softer edges, you could use a brush. Um, you could use your hand and, you know, smooth out some of the edges. You could also use, you know, my trusty paper towels. Y'all know I love me a paper towel. So the, that's one way to make soft edges as well. And then the other thing is large sizes of color versus small sizes of color. And I think you guys know how you could do this. You can do large sizes of color by using all kinds of things, you know, larger brushes, um, things like that. But um, I think what is important about the larger areas of color and smaller areas of color is just change your tools, change your brush, you know, keep it interesting in that way. So again, opposites attract. 
dark versus light, thick versus thin, cool versus warm, hard edges versus soft edges, thick lines versus thin lines. Think of it that way. So that's number two, opposites attract. Okay. Now the next one is ask yourself, what is too similar in this painting? And when in doubt, step back from the painting and just reflect on it. I can tell you from teaching tons of workshops uh, over the years that 90% of the time when you're thinking what is too similar, it is because of two things. Number one, it's going to be because the values are too similar. They're usually medium values. And that's because when you generally uh, squeeze um, the paint right out of the tube or out of the jar, it's going to be a medium value. Not always, but usually. So uh, the values are going to be too similar. Or if we're talking about composition, it's usually the sizes of the colors are too similar. And sometimes they're like the same. And this is super easy to do because without consciously changing it, we paint like we write. And what I mean by that is our hand moves in a similar direction. Um, usually it's at a slant, not always. Some people write, you know, straight up and down, others slant to the left, others slant to the right. Um, but it's usually the same slant. And when we write, we tend to write in a certain area, right? So as an example, my signature has a large J and I tend to overlap the O into the J and it, it just really rarely ever stays on the line. And so if you look at my signature over and over again, this is what it's like every time. So it stands to reason that when we paint, we will use the brush in the same way that we will use a pen and we'll generally paint in a slant um, and we'll generally stay in the same area. So you'll see a lot of times that, you know, a lot of your brush strokes will be slanting. Um, so to avoid this, my biggest tip is to spin the canvas. Easy peasy. Um, again, this would apply more to abstract work. You wouldn't necessarily want to, you know, spin the canvas if, you know, you're creating something a little more um, representational. But when you spin the canvas, it naturally makes the lines or the brush strokes slant in different directions. Another thing that will create visual interest and keep things from being too similar are, like I said before, just by changing your tools. If you have a tendency to only use one brush or to not change the brush sizes, um, the painting can just, frankly, can just feel really predictable. And predictable is actually kind of boring. So try to change up some of your tools. And, and I like to use tools that are not even necessarily, you know, quote, art tools. You can use, uh, you know, spatulas from your kitchen. You can use forks. You can get things from the um, uh, hardware store, things like that. So change up your tools. And that alone will generally change the size of, uh, you know, things being too similar in size. Now, one caveat, again, I want to say for artists who want uniformity in their style, like equal size dots across the page, you know, who, uh, Daniel Hirsch does that. He's doing all right, y'all. I mean, he's incredibly successful. But, you know, he's, he wants 
just equal size dots across this page. And then, of course, there's Jackson Pollock, right? And he, you know, the work that he did, every, you know, the lines, the work, the paint, all of that was very, very similar. So that's a caveat. Remember, these are suggestions. Um, they're not doctrine, right? Okay, the next one is find the focal point, okay? Now, when I say find the focal point, what I really mean is make sure your focal point is not directly in the middle of the painting. Now, it's like, well, how do I know where the focal point is? The focal point will be where the darkest value and the lightest value meet. That's generally where the focal point will be, especially if we're talking about abstract work. Now, if we're talking more about, um, you know, um, figurative work, then oftentimes it'll be, you know, where the eyes are. But our brains see values before it sees color. So our eye will naturally go to where that darkest and that lightest color meet or that lightest value meet. So we don't want that smack dab in the middle of the painting. Instead, we want to think of the painting as being divided into thirds and put that focal point in the top or the bottom third. So let's just think of an example of this. Uh, A painting everybody's going to know is the Mona Lisa, right? So you might think Um, But Jodi, she's placed right in the middle of the painting and you're not wrong. You know, her body is in the middle of the painting. But remember, we're talking about the focal point and the focal points are not in the middle of the painting. There are two focal points in this particular painting, actually, her eyes and her hands and her eyes are in the top third of the painting and her hands are in the bottom third. All right, the next composition point is an odd number of elements. Now, what do I mean by that? I mean that we should think of in terms of one, three, and five, right? Odd numbers, especially when it comes to color. So if I choose a certain color um, and it's a really important element or color within the painting, I make sure to use it once if it's like pretty large, right? Um, or if it's say a really, really bright color, I'll for sure use it once. But most of the time I will use it uh, three or five times and I'll place the color around the painting. Why do I do that? Because I want to draw the eye of the viewer throughout the piece instead of keeping Um, keeping their eye just on one area of the painting. Okay, lastly, and this is really important, um, leaving a place for the eye to rest. Now, yes, I said this is important, but I also want to say that this is something that's more of a preference than a rule, but I found that it has helped so many artists who are new to painting, especially when they're starting to paint just pure abstracts, Because when we first start painting, we have a tendency to want to fill 
the whole canvas with a lot of movement, a lot of brush strokes, paint strokes, a lot of expression in general. And I mean, I mean, we're here to ex- express ourselves, right? So that's you know, like not a damn thing wrong with that. But here's what I'd like for you to do is I would like for you to just consider leaving some larger areas of color because that is where our eye can rest, okay? So here's a little, would you guys like a little homework assignment? A little, not really homework, but just a little fun exercise to do. I'd like for you to look at some of your favorite artists' work and see if they have left larger areas of color in the painting with relatively, you know, like little movement happening in it in relation to the rest of the piece. Now, I didn't say blank, right? It doesn't have to be blank. But I said relatively little movement movement or brush strokes. Because what this does, again, uh, is it allows the eye to rest. And what that does is it allows the viewer to stay and engage with the painting. Again, this tends to be more of a preference than a rule. But I have seen it help a lot of artists, especially artists who love to paint uh, abstract work. Again, this is a great episode to download for reference if you want to take your art from meh to amazing with composition. But if you don't want to do that, that's cool. Instead, here's what I suggest. The next time you're stuck, step back and ask yourself, where is this painting too similar? Where can I create more interest by using the opposites attract principle. So I've just finished up my own collection that I'm releasing in a few weeks. I'm so excited. Um, Where I use every one of these composition tools, only once a year, I paint a collection of 20 small 12 inch by 12 inch paintings that I make available to my collectors. And it's a bit of a new direction for me creatively, this collection. And I don't think I've ever been so excited about releasing a collection before. I can't wait to share these pieces with you because, um, I mean, you know, when you birth something into the world, it's a little scary, but it's also really, really exciting. Uh, I only create 20 of them. So because of that, I offer them to the collectors on my email list first. So if you'd like to be one of the first to see them and have access to the collection, be sure to get on my email list and I'll put a link in the show notes to make it easy. So whatever you do, you guys, please remember, keep painting. The work that you do in the world is important and the world needs your magic. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, oh.